listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 229, Remembering Bernie Marsden. And coming to you from the temperate suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, Ron Batola. Ron Batola? What, what, what? Did somebody call you Ron, or did you get mail addressed to Ron? Kinda. So <laughs> while I was, um, so as um, as you know, we got these spiffy deep purple oh, podcast yes. business cards oh, yeah. printed up. <laughs> hey, waited almost Actually, five years to get get them made. <laughs> See, and there's the back for anybody on the video. A little QR code All to right. scan. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, um, yeah, and I have a couple of boxes. I'll give you one. When uh when you come out, how many did you get made? Show? Uh, two fifty. So there's like one. All right. Something in each one. I can't do math. Anyways, so um, <laughs> that, you know, that was a difficult math problem. <laughs> <laughs> one twenty five. Oh, we, we nailed it. <laughs> oh, no calendar, For, folks. First try. Ron, no calendar. Cal- calendar calculator. <laughs> I guess you're not a math guy. Oh. Can oh I get a goodness. calendar? I got to got to do some math. <laughs> Let me see. Thirty pay days past September minus two. Carry the one. So, anyways, um, I was going to pick up these uh, these cards that I had made. Um, you know, get them printed. And so I walk in, give them my name. Can't find it. Email address. Mm. Can't find it. Give yep. them all this freaking information. And then finally, like, oh, do you have the order number? And I'm like, like freaking out because like rich and i went to um a show the other night and i was picking them up that afternoon Mm -hmm. which was you know i'd had them printed a while before that but it was my first chance to pick them up i'm like yeah they'll be ready i'll swing by so i'm figuring maybe they lost it they didn't have it gave them the order number and they're like oh john matola we thought you said ron batola (laughs) ron and i'm like really ron butthola and so then she she just kind of leaned over the counter and went, it's been a day. <laughs> and you're like, I get it. I get it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Me too. Said some bitch has been calling me Ron for the past five minutes. <laughs> no, but anyway, she was she was very nice. And I got my cards and went on my way. But anyways, yes. So, um, yeah, figuring my my alter ego, Ron. Ron, yeah. Yeah, he's going to do things differently. When you see <laughs> it's the, the summer of Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's going to be the the fall. Yeah, the fall. The fall and winter of Ron. The I fall guess. of Ron sounds sounds worse for you. <laughs> the rise of Ron oh, and well. the fall of Ron. Eh, oh uh, well. What are you going to do? But I remember uh, you. I I had it on my wall when we were. Um, when we were teenagers, but I got that, that piece of mail. Do you remember the, the, like I would always get creative spellings and everything, but the worst one I got, do you remember what it was (laughs) for uh, for you? Yeah. What they, what they called me. You know what? As soon as you tell me, I'll probably remember. It's a tough one, but it was Vattle Beevilry. (laughs) 
remember that one. <laughs> Vattel Beaver. Yeah, I had, I had a few of them, but that was definitely the Hall of Fame. Wow. Gold v, medal. v, that's not even, Vattel is not even close to Nate. And it's like, what, like, how did they get it? Like, I, I must have had to give them my name in some way. Like, I, if I said my name or whatever, like, I don't know, how, I don't know at what point it transformed into Vattel Beavory. I'm like, it's like, what's your name, Nathan? Oh, okay, Vattel. <laughs> it's like not even close. <laughs> oh, it's it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Homer's going through the mail and he's just like, oh, we have a we have a special message for Homer, Homer J. Simpsoy. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure he'll get it. And then he just threw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Homer Simpsoy. Oh, boy. Well, we are here today, of course, to honor the late, great Bernie Marsden Um and uh, yeah, so we're going to get into that. We'll go through our normal, a uh, few of our normal little things as we do some house housekeeping before uh, before we get into the meat of the episode. But there's a few ways you can support our show. Our show is 100% listener supported, ad free. And if you receive value from our show, please consider giving us some value back. One of those ways is by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We're getting closer and closer to our 100th review on Apple Podcasts. So if you leave us a five-star review and you're, and you're um, number 100, you'll receive a special goodie bag or something from us. We haven't found a special ditty bag. <laughs> ditty bag. Yeah. A special, uh, yeah, a, a special ditty bag. Where is it? Here we go. Ditty bag. Why don't you just blow it out your ditty bag? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's our ditty bag jingle. There we go. I was I was going to tell you, I'm very upset that you did not use that in the show's outro. You used like every other one except that one. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. But then we also have and you kept it. Diddy bag. <laughs> <laughs> diddy bags in pop culture. Who who would have known it? And, well, and if you're if you're curious as to what we're talking about, check out our last episode where we dive deep into the, the, the history and story of diddy bags, which are basically just bags. I don't know why they call them diddy bags. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, the, the lucky 100th reviewer will get a special uh, a, a goody ditty bag, a ditty goody bag <laughs> from us. Ditty, oh, yeah. With with our uh, with our some various deep purple merch and and whatnot in it. So um, some ditties, some ditties. Yeah, we'll record a few ditties and put them in our ditty bag for you. Um, you can also <laughs> support us by buying merch on our Etsy store. Gonna get some since we're 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 almost in fall. This is our last show. Uh, well, when this comes out, we'll be in September, but not officially fall yet. So. Gonna get some um, some knit hats up on the up up on the store for the for the because I we we had them made at the like the end of what was it the end of February or something last year so um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get some of those up on the store. Um, you can become a patron on Patreon for as little as one dollar a month or on PayPal. You can help support the show that way. We put all the money back into the show, help us upgrade our equipment, help us get albums, help us uh, go see Glenn Hughes next month, and all that great stuff. You can also send us cash at Cash App, dollar sign DPPOD, or support us on Kofi. So speaking of um, uh, next month, Glenn Hughes, September 19th, uh, as this episode comes out, the beginning of September, it's coming up fast. We'll only have a couple more episodes before we go to see him playing with Ingve at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you are interested in going to that show or want to meet up with us beforehand, please let us know. And any any news on the meetup? Um, well, I tried to get some info earlier today. Um, I didn't get a ton of responses uh, from our friends. I just basically you respond. 
you responded in, <laughs> I'll in be the there. group. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, seeing as is that um, uh, Glenn Hughes uh, VIP, which we're going to, you said starts around six, mm-hmm. that it's probably going to have to be more of an afternoon, like mid-afternoon meetup uh, for us, uh, kind of a mid-afternoon, like uh, late lunch type of thing, because doing the the whole like uh, early early dinner thing is probably going to cut into that, even though the venue is like right across the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to get too much into it. So I don't think at that time really going to need uh, to uh, reserve anything, especially since it's probably going to be like, you know. It's a, a Tuesday night, group. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also, mean, we- even though it's like a, a show night, I mean, you know, you figure if we're there like, I don't know, let's just say three in the afternoon. I mean, yeah. that's you know, kind of between the the lunch and dinner time and places usually aren't that busy. So um, I think we should be good to go. Nice. Yeah, and we can, we, we'll also probably after the show, depending on when the show gets out, go out for a drink or two with uh, anybody that's interested. So it should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, looking forward to it. Looking very much Me forward too. to it. Um, okay, so um, before we move on, we do have something that I um, that I had to to get out there, and that is... Hey-o! Hey-o! We have uh, a new, uh, well, not a new patron. I'm sorry, but it's, it's it is a um, it is a patron upgrade, and mm. so you know what that means. Patron upgrade. Lord Longford is upgrading to the three pound fifty uh, tier and naming it. He's naming it the Deep Purple New York tier. That's right, folks. Deep Purple New York. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to like join in about like that the patrons tier, name, naming their own tiers here. It's, yeah, uh, it's a lot of it's getting to be fun. Takes the work off of you. <laughs> exactly, Deep Purple New York tier. I mean, you can't beat that. No, I mean, it's great. Um, so yeah, so we'll be uh, we'll be recognizing him again when we get to that. So thank you, Lord Longford. Appreciate you, and you're very active in the Discord as well. And that's one of the many perks you get as a patron. You get. Um, Access to our live stream episodes as well as uh, access to our patrons only discord uh, where we have all sorts of nonsensical chats, some about Deep Purple, some not. And speaking of our patrons coming in at the twenty five dollar uncommon man tier, we have Ovis Nakvi and Purple Maniac at the 15 squid tier. We have Alan at the 10 pound good doctor tier we have i can never find this one. Oh, there we go we have uh dr jill Brees and dr mike Catan. thank you very much and at the turn it up to 11 tier we have clay wambacher frank tealgard mortensen mickelstein and will porter phdpp at the $10 Someone Came tier, we have Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call Saul Evans. And then at the next tier, we have. Can, can you, like, at, at some point, can we just, can we, like, overdub me just going bleh in there? Because I'm really, just really missing that 30s Dracula. Send, send, send me some blues after the, after the episode. <laughs> Attach a couple of blue files when you send me over your file, and I'll, I'll edit them in. 
Um, Fielding Fowler, of course. <laughs> Edit them in. <laughs> the creator of the Hughesween by 2033 tier. And, of yes. course, at the In Memoriam tier, the wonderful late Gerald, Jerry Kelly, and family. We appreciate you and all you did for the show. And uh, we, you're in our hearts and in our memories. Okay, so just one more order of business before we get into the show proper. And um, if you've been listening, then you know what that is. Postcards from the Edge of Connecticut. And this time, wow, once again, actually, we haven't got one from actual Connecticut in a while. This one is another one from Michigan. And if you see that, it's it's some flowers. That Looks like spell- a birthday cake. It does look like a birthday cake. It spells out Carling, which is, of course, a beer company. And it says, although uh, it says here, Carling Community Corsage. One of the show places in Frankenmuth, Michigan, is Carling Brewing Company's Floral Park, a block from the brewery. It spells out the firm's name in a brilliant display of colors from 3,400 petunias, 1,400 sweet alyssum, 400 salvia, 1,450 marigolds, 275 dwarf dahlias, 450 purple leaf basils, and 300 dwarf ageratum. Wow, it's very... They're very precise about that. Mm, a lot. Yes. That's a lot of petunias. Um, oh. So this is an, a, another one of these wide format panoramic postcards. And it says, Nate, now here's a place you can get to go in Michigan. We were there on August 25th, 1971. Gas was $30.09 per gallon. Go and enjoy Gemutlichkeit. It's a German word. Gemutlichkeit. I'm pro Gemutlichkeit. I mean, we need um, Raf Kaff. Well, let's see. Let's see what the uh, pronunciation lady says. Gemutlichkeit. Oh, I was, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Gemutlichkeit. Right. I did. I did okay. Not bad. See that, Raf Kaff? Um, but thank you for the postcard. We were actually right by there um, on our trip this past weekend when we went to Kalamazoo and we were in that area. There's also a... Um, kind of famous town around there that does like this 365 day a year Christmas store and Christmas town. Uh, but we did not stop by because it kind of creeps us out. Um, all right. Oh, and yeah, so, so recently, but this is from the Gardo, of course, and he sent me this postcard box. But immediately after I sent this postcard box, it goes in the box. Um, he started sending me postcards that are too big for the box. <laughs> the last two postcards. Oh. Oh, Gargo. I've been these panoramic postcards, so that's all right, though. How does his mind work? He's just like, here's a box for all those postcards I've been sending you. Now I'm going to send you ones that don't fit. I'm going to send you ones that are about an inch longer or wider <laughs> than the box. But <clears throat> who knows what goes on inside the uh, mind of the Gardo? Well, that's part of his game. And then he sends you enough of those. Then he sends you a bigger box and then bigger postcards that don't fit in that box until... Finally, you just have a big pile down there. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's getting pretty good. I'd say the boxes, I don't know, about maybe maybe ten percent full, maybe. Not bad. Wow. It's a lot more postcards need to be 
gotten. Yeah, well, people are people have been sending them, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we are part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Check us out at deepdivepodcastnetwork.com where we got shows about all sorts of bands, any sort of band that you'd be interested in or type of music. So check it out. And uh, John, here we are. Uh, sad occasion. We we actually had a, a, sco- a, a, a show scheduled for today that we canceled that was a, um, a live stream uh about some live stuff so we'll get to that who knows maybe next week or the week after uh but mm-hmm. you know we we get the sad and unexpected news that bernie marsden had passed away he he released video um i, I don't know if it was that day or earlier so you know not sh- exactly sure what happened i know he had some health issues and he had a surgery and stuff like that but he had just released a video talking about he was looking forward to getting back on the road and everything and then we got this really sad and unfortunate news so uh uh we just put together just a real quick uh you know kind of reached out to some of our patrons uh you know york planer some of the folks that really know and celebrate bernie's work and got some you know some of my picks and some recommendations from folks about things we should play and figured it's it's light on the white snake because most folks really know that so it's kind of a you know to maybe just celebrate some of his uh music that was a little less well known or a little less mainstream and uh show that off to, to people some really interesting stuff but what's your um I don't know. What, what's your feelings on, on, on the Bernie thing? And what, what, do you remember how you were first exposed to him? What, what sort of what's going on in your mind after hearing this terrible news? Well, the, the first thing that I thought was, is um, just seems like so many people are passing away um, that are uh, that were, you know, our musical idols when we were growing up. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy to think about that because when we were kids, I mean, they're probably like, I would say roughly a lot of them, like 30 years older than us, um, yep. give or take. So they were not, they were not that old. They're probably like our age now when we were discovering them younger <laughs> uh, or thereabouts or younger. And now it's just, it's weird seeing all of these, these iconic musicians and, uh, uh, people, um, you know, that were on all these, albums that we grew up with and were so important to us and they're not here anymore. I just, uh, I think it's the same. You feel the same thing when, um, you know, anybody passes on, this is like, you know, you feel like, wow, I really took it for granted that they'd always be around. Um, but I think that's a great, you know, great reason to, you know, celebrate their work here on the show. I feel like we've brought to light, you know, to not only our listeners, but to ourselves, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, albums and artists that we probably haven't thought of in a long time. Um, I know I haven't, but, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. Um, of course, um, I, I think that, um, um, he was a, um, kind of an un, unsung hero on White Snake because yeah. as we have always discussed, uh, that version of White Snake was not, um, the most popular, um, after they got huge with the 87 album, even though he is, partially responsible for here I go again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of their biggest hits. Um, I think that was it, right? Yep. Yeah. I think it was here I go again. Okay. Yeah, I was like, biggest, I'm like, am I thinking of the right one? And then I have to hum it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the only really exposure that I had to Bernie really outside of um, white snake, which was actually a long time ago was, is like, I went to get, um, I think like early, early 2000s. So now we're talking way back. Um, it was one of my first tattoos that I was going to get. 
And the you tattoo get a artist Mars was asking me, no, he was asking me what kind of music I liked. Oh, and so okay. I was telling him and, um, he happened to have the, the, um, the Bernie Marsden CD, uh, the green and blue CD, which just like, I don't know if it just, no, it couldn't have just come out because I was like, I think that came out in 94. So it was too young. So, but maybe within the past, like several years it had come out yep. and he's like, Oh, this is a great CD. And he put mm-hmm. it on. Um, so that was the, that was one of his solo CDs is, um, blues tribute to, um, Peter green, I believe it was. Oh, oh, you're um, right, right, right. Yep. Right. And then, um, yeah, I remember, um, I believe that I picked it up after that and it's, you know, part of the kind of expanded deep purple collection I have, but I mean, I haven't, um, God, I haven't heard it in years and I'm not uh, really familiar with a ton of his stuff outside of, um, outside of, uh, white snake. Although I knew that he was pretty active I mean, he's got a pretty impressive catalog. If you look at it, I mean, it's not like he just did that and then went away. Like he was, part of a lot of major stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think my first real, you know, when getting into deep purple and then discovering the Mark three and four stuff, which was even harder to come by in the States. Um, and then learning of pace Ashton Lord is probably, it's gotta be the first time I really heard. It was either that or the earlier, like I had a few of the early white snake albums and that was when, you know, and that's not even the first thing he did, you know, he was, you know, not as well known as he was later on in, in Whitesnake, but um, listening to him on Pace Ashton Lord and just saying, wow, like this guy is incredible. And, you know, he's playing and he's singing and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, when whatever, you know, we've talked about this a million times, when you just kind of discover things like, oh, my God, John Lord and Ian Pace were also in Whitesnake. What's going on? And then you hear, hear then you're like, oh, Whitesnake was essentially Pace Ashton Lord with a couple of a couple of little changes there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then just picking off albums one by one and listening to them and, and, and seeing that transition from deep purple to pace, Ashton Lord to white snake, and then him leaving and going do his own thing after that. But uh, just like you said, he's, he is kind of an unsung, unsung hero because he was a major part of the songwriting. You know, he even had lead vocal bits on, on white snake and, uh, somebody that was a great player, a bluesy player, but not one of these shredders or anything like that, but hugely respected in the community um, by so many uh, artists and so many guitar players. And we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, some of the, the outpouring of support that he got. But yeah, I, 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 was, I was really surprised by this one because I knew he was, you know, he had had some bouts of, of bad health, but it, it looked like one of those things that Oh, he he got through that, and now he's okay. And it, mm-hmm. like you said, another reminder not to take these folks for granted. Um, the whole reason we started the show is because we, uh, well, not the whole reason, but one of the catalysts for starting the show was you reaching out to me and saying you want to go see Glenn Hughes performing Deep Purple in 2019, and it or 2018? No, 20, yeah, no, 2019, and it it never yeah. it never happened. But it kind of got, you know, and, and at the time, you know, even then, it wasn't that long ago, but I just, ah, there'll be another opportunity. Then he went off with the dead daisies and all this. And I'm like, oh, God, I missed my only opportunity to see him 
playing these songs, I'm an idiot. And I'm not like a huge live music guy, but this has really changed my mind with like all of these folks. Like you're never going to get another chance to see Bernie live. Um, and I've seen Glenn live, but I've never seen him doing the Deep Purple stuff. So he taking advantage mm-hmm. of those things because, you know, at the age that these folks are on and, you know, some of them are a little more private than others. They keep the stuff to themselves. You don't know what's going on under behind the scenes or if, if one show could be their last, um, whether they it's because they retire or they pass away or whatever it is. So, um so yeah, it's 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 really sad, um, and uh, just want to really pay tribute to to him with some really amazing stuff. Like you said, his amazing catalog. And um, real quick to start it off, uh, just a little the post that came um, as kind of a shock, which was this post here made on Bernie Marsden's account says, "On behalf of his family, is with deep sadness we announce the death of Bernie Marsden. Bernie died peacefully on Thursday evening with his wife Fran and daughters Charlotte and Olivia by his side. Bernie never lost his passion for music, writing and recording until the end. Um, and then uh, I can pepper these throughout the episode, but a few a few little reactions. Uh, David Coverdale says uh, said that morning, "Good morning. I've just woken to the awful news that my old friend and former Snake Bernie Marsden has passed. My sincere thoughts and prayers to his beloved family, friends, and fans. A genuinely funny, gifted man whom I was honored to know and share a stage with. R.I.P. Bernie." Um, we've got one from. Uh, sim- a simple reply by Glenn Hughes. Rest, e- rest easy, my dear friend. Um, uh, Graham Bonnet says, I was sad and shocked to learn of Bernie Marsden's passing today. Bernie was such a lovely guy, a true lover of music and an absolute joy to be around. Some of you may not know this, but in addition to being a top-notch guitar player, he also sang very, very well. He was very much like R- Rory Gallagher in his abilities. I did an album with Bernie along with Cozy and Ray Fennick, a.k.a. Forcefield, as well as playing with him for Don Airy's Rock and Blues charitable events in the summertime. He really was a great musician. I paid him a compliment once about his singing, and he was so pleased that I had. I was looking forward to seeing him on the road one of these days, but that opportunity has now passed. We were asked to fill in for him headlining the Winter Storm Festival in Troon, Scotland this December. I know he'll be there in spirit, and I will keep him in my thoughts, particularly on that day. Rest in peace, my friend. Love you. Um, And then... Maybe one more before we break for the other stuff. But all right, uh, this one's from Greg Smith uh, with Doogie White saying, R.I.P. to the great Bernie Mars, an original White Snake guitarist. I was lucky enough to meet and spend a lot of time with, uh, spend a bit of time with him a few years ago while playing with Taiketo in Troon, Scotland. He was a true gentleman and a great guitarist. So some sad, sad remembrances uh, of uh, of a mm. great player um but hey i've got um i've got some stuff loaded up and um the earliest uh kind of stuff and this isn't going to be a complete career retrospective or anything but just some interesting things that some of you uh will be familiar with and some of you may be hearing for the first time but the first up is this uh and i'll have links to all of this stuff in the show notes most of this stuff can be found um on youtube uh, but the first one is this video. It's not actually not actually a video, but a um, audio that you can find on YouTube of him. A demo that he did with UFO, a demo track from UFO, UFO's Phenomenon. Uh, this is Bernie Mars on guitar, Phil Mogg on vocals, Pete Way on bass, and Andy Parker on drums. I think it's a little silent at the beginning, if I remember. 
and it's like a his Sounds lead like a playing Stewart in the beginning song. there. He's very like happy, sort of. It's an energetic and fun solo that he throws in there. Doesn't that make you think a little bit of like early Rod Stewart? Yeah, good call. With Bernie on guitar. <laughs> Maybe he played with Rod, who knows? All I know is every time I listen to something by UFO, I always think I should listen to more UFO. <laughs> but then I, it seems like I never do. I've tried it and I I haven't really gotten into it. I guess I've, I haven't found the right album to like really hook me in. Yeah, maybe that's it. Oh, this is early. I mean, this is 73, so he would go on to do a lot of stuff past this. But yeah, I'm definitely, definitely UFO novice or... This is good stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, this is just like good, solid rock. I mean, what else can you say about it? He's getting a pretty long solo spot here. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, you got like a, what felt like a 45 second or minute long guitar solo. Yeah. It's got that real, you know, just classic rock feel to it, you know? And I don't know, it's probably different, and you know, our European listeners can write in and let us know, but this is not some, as far as I know, you don't hear UFO on classic rock radio in, in the States. Yeah, I don't think we really do. Unless someone wants to throw out some song out there that I just never knew was UFO, it's not something I can recall ever hearing on the radio. Not at least around here. I don't think that they were played on the radio a lot. Like when we were growing up. I mean, I know now, like, these other satellite radios, yeah. you know, they'll play everything. I'm but. sure it's on deep tracks. Right. Now, now the Gardo is going to start sharing UFO tracks <laughs> in the Discord. <laughs> no, there was, like, um, the one that I heard most was, like, uh, Lights Out, which I thought was really good. On the radio, or...? Just on. No, just like uh, of, of their songs. Yeah, maybe. Um, like, I... I don't think that I've heard it, but when I did hear UFO, that I heard like uh, Lights Out, uh, Doctor Doctor, Rock Bottom. Okay. Uh, just to name a few. Um, I, actually, I think those might be the only ones that I know. But uh, Lights Out is the one that I've heard like in a kind of a like a like a classic rock 
mix or like uh, if you like this, you know, most of our stuff that we like, if you like this, then you'll like. And then they always throw that in from UFO oh, uh, yeah, typically yeah. or like the or like one of the other two. And then I might have gone on to try and listen to something from that album or, you know, from uh, like your greatest hits and, you know, never really. You know, I kind of lost interest after a few songs, maybe like you said, haven't found the right album yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just got to find that right gateway. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. And um, good most, of these, most of these I tried to I, I tried to do actual um, videos. Actually seeing him playing with some of these folks. There's only a couple that aren't videos, and that's one of them because it's, you know, an old demo track. But this one is from um, Cozy Powell's Hammer. Mm. And this one has an extremely annoying watermark on it, so I apologize. Um, I did reach out to Jorg, and he said there's there th- that this guy always does this on his videos, um, and he, oh so he, he must be the only person that has this video. And you can't find a version of this without this watermark, unless you have one. Send it to me. Uh, so it's really annoying and distracting, but. It is really great because on this one, you've got Cozy Powell's Hammer. So you've got Bernie Marsden, uh, uh, Don Airy, Cozy Powell. Um, and here we go. This one's called A Little Woman. Where is it? Oh, yeah. I got to share it with you. Here we go. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you kind of rocking, and I was like, "Uh oh, he's not sharing." Oh, he's rocking. Here we go. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's an annoying watermark. What you didn't say it was a dancing watermark. Yeah, it's it's moving. (laughs) That's what makes it even worse. Yeah. So there you go, cozy. You can see Don Airy behind him, and there's Bernie to his side. (laughs) He's having fun. And Clive uh, Shaman on, or Shaman, I'm not sure, on bass guitar. And the voc- vocalist is Frank Aiello. Nice close up of uh, Bernie, though, on that solo. In putting together these videos, it's just another reminder of how many albums we can cover. Oh, yeah. And this one would be on our master list anyway, because it's got Don Airy on it, but... I love he's got that and you hear him progress over time. He's got that real 60s, like, tone. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Well, I think it's his, I think it's his phrasing, too. Like, I'm not sure if his influence is offhand, but, you know, it could be that as well. Look at that wow. bass. This is a this is one hell of a band and I have another video that I'll put in the show notes so we won't watch for tonight that's from the same show so e- even with the annoying watermark it's great to watch 
Well, I mean, after a couple of minutes, you just kind of forget about the watermark. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is cool, you know. It's nice. Otherwise, I'd have a seizure. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. We might have to put a warning on it for that. He kind of looks like uh, he's reminding me of uh, John Lawton, the singer. Yeah. More so his look than his voice, just his kind of like less curly hair, though. But that was a good point, what they said earlier, too. You can hear Bernie on the background vocals here, but I think it was Graham that said about his singing. People didn't know. He's such a good singer. And well, I mean, even remember the White Snake albums we were like, Remember, there were a bunch of songs where like, oh, I thought that was just Coverdale and he sounded weird. Yeah, when you yeah, when you kind of like are just listening in the background without focusing you, then you're all of a sudden, oh, this is a different voice. Yeah. Well, it goes. Look at Don Airy. He just had a, all he had was a Fender Rhodes and a little synth. That's kind of. Um, what year was that? I think that's, I believe that's 74. Wow. Um, but I, I have his most recent trio of albums which is well no pun intended his king's album his trio king's album where he does the the three blues guys albert king bb king and freddie king the trios mm-hmm. album where he does all songs by power trios and then the chess album where he does stuff from chess records so it's a really cool little like trilogy of albums he did yeah it's like a vanity project because he's just doing great songs that he loves does one of my all-time favorite albert king songs on it which i was really excited about um but the thing that struck me the most is these albums came out when he was 70 and his voice sounds exactly the same, like Glenn Hughes level, exactly the same. Like you're listening to it and you think if you played this for somebody who didn't know who it was, they'd be like, Oh, that's some guy that's 20, 25, 30 years old singing. And you know, he just hadn't lost a single bit playing either, but uh, vocally you just, you figure that that's going to be one of those things that will go sooner, but I don't know. must've just, just really uh, took care of his voice and, you know, another guy that as far as I know was never a smoker. So I'm sure that uh, counted in his favor, but really, really great voice. Um, Okay. So uh, next one up we have is from a band called Babe Ruth, um, which is always kind of funny to me and some (laughs) pretty, oh, oh boy, some bonehead left the door open. Oh my god. <laughs> do you want to take care of that? I don't know what to do. The only thing I know what to do in this situation is Let's <laughs> play our jingle. <laughs> I just work her into the show. It's not even the dog's fault. Some bonehead she was creeping around down here, like cause some Somebody left the door open. So anyway, um, yeah, so Babe Ruth, they got some kind of legendarily bad album covers, but really great music. Um, it's like the album was one album cover that I think it's like it's like literally like a like this weird looking guy with a baseball bat hitting a ball or something. It's just like it's very, oh very on the nose. I'm going to murder some of my children. 
And maybe this dog. Um, some, some, some of. Once know, I find out who did three. it. Once I find out who did it. Um, so this one is um, Babe Ruth, Sweet, Sweet Surrender is the name of the song. And, uh, and away we go. Here it is. Baby Ruth in, with Sweet, Sweet Surrender. And that's like, I only had to get about a millisecond into this before I loved it. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Give me one moment. Yeah, all you need is a funky synth and everything, and I'm I'm all in. No, this is definitely like a like an early '70s, like an early to mid '70s, just kind of like feel good, like pop rock, funky type of song. And this one is um, contrary to the picture there that's being shown. There's Don Airy. So this is from hey. Igor's Deep Purple Universe on YouTube, a great one to follow. You can always notice he's got the little curtains around the video, and he puts yeah. a lot of a lot of really cool, great stuff up. But um, this is Bernie Marsden, Don Airy, and Neil Murray. Nice. kind of sounds like it could be musically that could sound like a little bit of white snake yeah i was thinking that a little bit oh, there's a young neil murray there and Does these guys marsden murray and um uh Ari are just yeah. like they're always bumping into each other all over the place in different bands yeah was this around the same time, like 74? This one is uh, 76. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little, little later. Yeah, I could, I could tell. It's kind of that mid 70s. Light, funky, light rock. Yeah. I gotta get my hands on some Babe Ruth records. There he is. a little bit more recognizable tone from his uh, White Snake days. Yeah. And a 
rare. You don't hear a lot of tracks with Don Airy just doing piano. But he's got one of my favorite things, which is like a combination of acoustic and, you know, he's doing acoustic piano, but you got that those little synth in the background. It's like, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very, uh, very 70s sound. Yeah. So really great stuff. Then, of course, um, after that point, uh, Pace Ash and Lord forms. And we've, you know, we covered that album way, way back when, um, probably in our first year or so. Or maybe even maybe even early. Well, not earlier. <laughs> in our first year, before we certainly we, before we were a show. We did it before before it was a show. Um, but uh, we never covered this, and I would love to cover this entire live show. But they did like a a celebration live performance to to kind of release the album. Um, and uh, what I'll play for you is the opening track from the album uh, live. Uh, so this is Pace Ashton Lord Ghost Story. And there's Tony Ashton looking like a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. He looks like he's got that high collar on. What a character. And there's Bernie on the double, like, Jimmy Page-style guitar. John Lord ripping into the electric piano here. Oh, Pacey with the beard. Bearded Pacey, a favorite of mine. A lot of beards in this, this group. But one of the reasons this band imploded was Tony was just kind of uh, having a bit Drunk. of stage fright. <laughs> I don't know if oh. it was. I don't know what he was on at this point. What is this shirt? His he, he has like an embroidery on his shirt. It looks like it says Ronnie. Maybe it's Roland. I can't see. He looks like Lemmy in this video. He does. This is a big production, though, to have all of these folks on stage. Yeah. Who's on bass over there? Oh. Paul Martinez. Oh, he looks like the he looks like the guy from Spinal Tap. <laughs> Which, which one? I don't know. The, There's Bernie. Was it the um the one that is in? Uh, what's oh, his Christopher face? Guest. Yeah, Christopher he Guest. Looks like That's Nigel like, yeah. Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> he does. Tasco. So Tony Ashton's doing a very sneaky little solo on the organ. But this production, the whole horn section, backup singers, this yeah. whole band, the stage. Some good stuff.
Oh, yeah, she's like chewing on the side of the piano. <laughs> Freaking character, this dude. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> he does kind of look like Lemmy. Probably the handlebar mustache is contributing. And the other thing that's crazy is he looks just like my father-in-law. Like when my father-in-law was that age, like he could have <laughs> passed for Tony Ashton. I'm sure a fact that is not lost on you and your fandom. No. <laughs> and he's probably essentially the exact same age, too. Weird wow. band, man. I know. I understand why people couldn't, didn't really know what to make of them, but I love it. Yeah, but good stuff. Now, that song right there is the reason that we do this podcast, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Go on. Because, I mean, that's – because, I mean, that is just some just crazy, interesting, good music by just all these members of Deep Purple and non-Deep Purple. And it makes you, like, listen to it and go, wow, this is great. I want to discover more. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. We just kept going down the rabbit hole and then off on these different tangents, like following the tree this way, following the branches this way. And it's it's like when I hear something like that, I immediately am just like, wow, I want to I want to hear more of that. I yeah. want to go find out more of that. And and who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows what other musicians or, you know, producers or people you can discover through that. So that was that was very cool. I enjoyed Whenever I talk about it, I, I'm like astonished by like listening to myself talk about it as if I hadn't lived through it. But just just to think of what it was like to go to the store. And I don't know, had I even heard of Pace Ashton Lord? Maybe not. I don't know how I first heard of it, but I remember going to Tower Records and finding the CD and Pace, Ashton, Lord, I know those names. Whoa, this is, they had a band together? This is crazy. And then you don't <laughs> know anything about it. You buy it. You're in Boston. You drive home an hour. You listen to it, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, man, I want to find out more stuff by these folks. But what can I do other than the next time I get up to Boston and save up enough money, I'm going to buy more <laughs> stuff by some of these names. And I remember picking up, um, and I, I think I did some, early internet searching as well and Highway Star and stuff and found um, Ashton Gardner and Dyke and picked that up and I found Family which was one of Tony Ashton's band and you know just f finding out that's like wow because I just remember listening to this album the first time and it, this was probably one of those moments where I had branched out a little bit from the tree and said, wow, this is like some really cool stuff. When I, as I started to just put out the feelers like the first White Snake album, this, 
the Gillen Cherkazoo, the butterfly ball, like all these little ones that are really connected. And then, like you said, it just branches out and branches out and, and it's limitless, which is the, as you said, the whole point of our show is whenever I meet somebody that doesn't know anything about Deep Purple, they say, how can you have a show just about Deep Purple? I was like, we'll be, we'll well, be dead and buried before we cover half of the stuff. This I mean, even look at for. the, even look at the, uh, the, the Michael Schenker album that we reviewed like not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know until this year that most of Deep Purple was involved in that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like what, what the hell? And I mean, that's, that's a road I would have never gone down. You know what I mean? So even now, yep. even now discovering new stuff. Oh yeah. And you, you, you see all these like places where they, where they're all intertwined. It's, it's just amazing. Um, got a, uh, white, uh, do you have a white snake track? And this one is, um, this is them live lie down. I think I love you. Uh, from it looks like the TV show Revolver, um, and here we go. And you'll, I think you'll recognize the gentleman that is introducing, um, introducing this. So here we go. Now the next band, the next band is not old wave, it's not new wave, it's permanent wave. Dave Coverdale has been around for ages. He used to be with Deep Purple. So here is Dave Coverdale and what? <laughs> Dave Coverdale. Yep. You, of course, recognize that, right? What was that? You didn't recognize it? No. All right, we're going to have to go back. Where is he? Listen to the voice. Now, the next band, the next band is not old wave, it's not new wave, it's permanent wave. Dave Coverdale has been around for ages. He used to be with Deep Purple. So here is Dave Coverdale and what's Imagine him with a lisp. Mowage. No way. <laughs> it's Peter Cook. Holy shit. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I, I put it I put the put it together with his face. It's great to hear him talking about Dave Coverdale. <laughs> Mowage. <laughs> this is a great one. Yeah. Incredible production values on this video. Featuring some nice uh, Bernie background vocals. All right. Yeah. Wild like production on this video. Kind of annoying. Oh, yeah. Very annoying. Maybe more annoying than the watermark. Interesting that they chose this song to do live. Good choice, though. Little Bernie vocal break. Nice. Oh. Take a look in the mirror and they show you a mirror. <laughs> Lie 
not giving a heck of a lot of love to anyone else in the band, but we sing a lot of Coverdale and, and uh, Marsden. <laughs> a little Mickey Moody beat between the legs solo there. Nice. He's doing like a Chuck Berry style, <laughs> kind of like. So Chuck Berry, who's that that does that dance like that? see more live white snake back from this era yeah i was thinking about that the other day it's one we haven't covered we covered live in the heart of the city but we haven't done like a a live video yeah i think we're gonna have to do that one day yeah because this uh performance is smoking and the applause at the end is real this time. Right. <laughs> the, the rotating stages, they just rotate back into the wall like they were there all along. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they were a bookcase and like a mur- murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You pull on the candlestick and <laughs> rotates like, around. Oh, you're, you're, you're in like the, uh, you're in like the professor's library. You pull a candlestick and all of a sudden the wall turns around and there's white snake on the other side. <laughs> Two, three, four. Like, oh, finally I found an escape from this, from this, <laughs> I found an escape from this room. Oh no, white snake's here and they're going to perform a whole song. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Hello, darlings. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. So we should take a break at this point and thank our next round of patrons that is of course our core level patrons big appreciation to all of them and all of the support and everything that they do for the deep purple podcast we really really do appreciate it at the seven dollar and 77 cent keep it warm rat tier we have michael vader at the six dollar 99 cent new nice price tier we have spike the rock cat and sugar tea at the episode six dollar 66 cent tier we have steve colbell Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore and Michael Bagford. At the $5.99 the nice price tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Carl Helberg. And at the 60 kroner Scandinavian Nights tier, we have Newt Morton Johansson. At the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, Mark Hodgetts, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zerns, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Calf, and Coyote Bongwater. Thank you very much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple podcast. Um, Then, of course, we do have some more uh, wonderful words that were said about Bernie. Um, We left off with Doogie and Greg Smith. This one is from Jack, well, from Jack Bruce's account, his official account. Uh, We are so saddened to learn of the death of Bernie Marsden. Bernie played beautiful guitar in Jack's final studio album, Silver Rails, and shared incredible performances at Jack's tribute shows. We extend our sincere condolences to Bernie's family and friends. Love the Bruces. 
So another one for the uh, episode list. This one's from JLT. I am truly saddened by the passing of Bernie Marsden. Bernie was a true talent and a genuinely real person. The world has lost an original icon and he shall be sorely missed. My thoughts and prayers are with his family and close loved ones. RIP my friend, JLT. Then we have uh, Joe Bonamassa. I am truly heartbroken. Bernie Marsden was the kindest soul. I met him on May 4th, 2009 at my Royal Albert Hall debut. A big moment for me. After the show, he approached me and was the first person to say, great gig. Hi, my name is Bernie Marsden. I was in awe of him as I was in awe that entire day. There would be many wonderful times with Bernie to come. As our friendship has grown over the past 14 years, I have found Bernie to be a great encourager, a confidant, a brilliant writer, and most of all, a dear friend. He was the best of the best and championed so many young careers while being such a brilliant musician on his own. I never saw him happier than the time we camped out at Appy Road Studios for a month writing music together for what would become the Royal Tea album. So much talent wrapped up in such a wonderful human being. Humble, kind, and larger than life, I will always cherish my time with him and regret the moments we won't have together. This is such a great loss to me personally and a tremendous loss to the music world. He was a superstar in every imaginable way. My sincerest heartfelt condolences go out to the Fran and his family. Very nice words by Joe Bonamassa. Very well said. Um, John Norum, very sad to hear the news of the great Bernie Marsden's passing yesterday. He was a true legend and inspiration, and our condolences go out to his family and friends. This is us with Bernie at Steelhouse Live back in UK, back in 2014. And then um, this is from the Moody's. Um, uh, they had some chemistry, those two. Mickey's, Mick is, Mickey is remembering the good days with Bernie. Photo taken by Neil Murray during the recording of Saints and Sinners album in 1981. Great picture of the two guys. And before the break, from Neil Murray himself, sadly, I have to pass on the dreadful news that my friend and colleague since 1974, Bernie Marsden, has passed away. So many great times with him, musically and personally, a great loss, R.I.P. Bernie. So everybody making their thoughts known. It's... Uh, some really great tributes there. Um, I don't. I don't have it on my list, but I would recommend uh, looking up the um, some of the Joe Bonamassa and Bernie Marsden uh, live performances because they're really, really well done. Mm. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, two of those. You know, two two blues guys just bluesing it up. I mean, how can you go wrong? Two blues being bros. Blues bros. Um, okay. Next. Uh, next track we have queued up is from the band Alaska, a short-lived Bernie Marsden project. And this is uh, Bernie Marsden um, and Don Airy in this band. So here we go. Alaska. This is Secrets at the Shockwave Festival in Belgium, 1985. <laughs> Wouldn't struggle too hard at an I uh, guess the decade contest on this one. <laughs> I don't even know if you. They don't really show too much of Airy in this video. There he is, though. <laughs> I like where he's tapping those keys. He's like tapping that. those keys with a lot of gusto. 
Bernie backing him up on vocals. Bernie was just like such a humble guy. Not somebody to toot his own horn. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> I'm, that's never going to get old. No, just. He's really giving it a lot. It's like he knows too. He's like, I'm playing 80s pop music. Yeah, exactly. It's like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so I'm going to do this. I mean, look at look at Birdie there. It could have been like 1975 for all you know. You know what I mean? He wasn't like all glitzed out or whatever. He's right. Just looks like a regular dude. Well, they were like a great solo by Bernie. Bernie's wearing a like a skinny tie though. Ah. But it might have caught it against them because they were very, like, dressed very, like, down to earth. Like, he's wearing slacks and sneakers and a button-up shirt, and the singer was wearing, like, a denim jacket. So it wasn't like... They're not doing anything crazy with their hair. Secrets. <laughs> Reminds me of that that skit on Conan. Secrets. You ever see that? Yeah. David Bowie. Secrets. <laughs> was a great again, Mr. Bernie T. Marsden and Don, Don Airy teaming up. We should note. So they only had two albums. Got Robert Hawthorne on vocals. Brian Badhams on bass. Spelled like bad hams. Brian Badhams. Uh, Brian Badhams kind of reminds me of, of on Monday I had to pick my son up and bring him to the orthodontist and yeah. as we were leaving we passed down by this other doctor's office and he like lo- we both kind of like looked up at the office and read the name on the door and and then I looked at him and he was <laughs> he was kind of laughing and then I realized like it was like 
all happen at once, and then I was just I just realized what I had read. the The doctor's name was Doctor Gross Wiener, <laughs> <laughs> and he's laughing. And well, uh, I, I was mean, laughing too. It was a great father son moment. I, <laughs> I mean, I I defy any any man, woman, or child not to let. Well, maybe not a woman, but I mean. <laughs> Man or child to laugh at that. <laughs> Not a woman or anyone mature, but us for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what kid wouldn't look at that and be I like, mean, that guy's name is Gross Wiener. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, here we are approaching 50 and we're laughing at it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean. I'm sure as soon as I hit 50, I'm like, oh, no, 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 not not funny. Not funny. Mm, not you. No. Certainly not me. Sorry, it's funny. I'm, I mean. Hey, I'm the ones in the group chat that was sending at one point, I was sending a lot of like uh, fart videos and stuff. And Rich was disappointed in me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, he's just like, like low hanging than, fruit. <laughs> you're, you're like, yeah, he's not a he's not a fan of low hanging fruit. I am at, at times. And he's just like, you're better than this. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. am I? <laughs> am I really better than this? And he's just and he said something like, well, do better <laughs> than if you don't think you're better. But, you know. <laughs> He's just pushing yeah, you for my greatness, age just you know? Going, just my age going through, like, that phase, like, you know, for about a week, just like... <laughs> yeah, I think I was... I think I'm Bravo. probably... I'm more likely to laugh at something like that now than when I was, like, a teenager. Well, Remember when yeah, Beavis I mean, and Butthead came out, like, I was like, oh, no, that's, like, lowbrow stuff, and then quickly realized it's actually genius. Well, yeah, I mean, God, these days you got to take the last where you can get them, right? <laughs> exactly. Take, <laughs> take what we can get. Um, the next one is an interesting, um, an interesting one. This is uh, uh, this like uh, live. I think I think it's a DVD, but it's it's a um, M3 Marsden and Moody unplugged. So it's from the M3 or Company of Snakes or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they did, it's, it's basically Bernie and, uh, Moody sitting around talking about various things, talking about how they wrote songs and stuff like this. And this one is particularly uh, interesting because it's the two of them talking about and then performing a little acoustic version of Love Hunter. So here we go. Again, this video is on YouTube, so you can check it out there. And when they got the album was when you finished it. If we run, um, if we run something like, uh... Say Love Hunter. Uh, this this is how they started, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's the yeah. acoustic thing. You always tend to write yeah. acoustic guitars. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, well, usually it's... somebody's flat yeah. in the morning. Yeah. But um, I mean, how did they start? Well, I think something like Love Hunter. I think I probably came up with the original feel, mm. which was kind of based on a Bert Jansch picking fit. It was a Bert Jansch tune. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Which became. Well, you had. I remember you had that whole figure sorted out anyway before. Well, I think the only we done in a rehearsal. The only lyrical content I ever contributed to White Snake's probably "I'm the Love Hunter Baby" creeping up on you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I. You are the writer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think I put the Led Zeppelin bit in the night. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. When you come back from the pub. Yeah. But yeah, it started on like a picking thing. Yeah. Work so well 
in this context. Mm. Jeez. What a voice. Yeah, he's great. Even at that point, huh? And this is 2005. It's 15 years later, these albums I got over here, and he sounds still sounds the same. And man, listen, it just sounds like a straight up, like, you'd, you'd think that this was just like an actual blues song. Yeah. Just written by like a grizzled old blues man in the 50s or something. Lemon Eye Garfield <laughs> randomly generating uh, blues blues man names. <laughs> yeah, you just need a fruit, uh, an affliction, and a president, and then you got you've got a you got a blues name. Where did you come up with this? Well, I just I just came up with it now. So I was like, you know, le- lemon. What did I say? Lemon. Lemon-eyed Garfield. <laughs> lemon. Lemon diphtheria Garfield. Raspberry McKinley. So wait a minute. Is it a is it the fruit first? Or yeah, the well, yeah. I, I'm gonna need to work on it a little bit. Oh, you guys like dirty, dirty pear Obama? <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I don't. You can't go that recent. It has to like <laughs> that president has to be at least a hundred years old. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that ha- right, so. have been in office a hundred years ago. <laughs> Good lord. It, it ends at like Wilson or Hoover or something. <laughs> no recent presidents. So you can't say like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Bush would be funny. Something with Bush would probably be funny. Roosevelt might work. Definitely not the last 50 years though, but but yeah, that's that's fantastic. Like, Should have left it like that? Yeah. <laughs> Should have left it like that. <laughs> But I mean, man, well, I mean, that just goes to show you, though, is just like you, you've heard the old uh, kind of story that people tell. It's just like, well, if it doesn't if it doesn't work on acoustics, then it's not a good song type mm-hmm. of thing. And I always like first time I heard that, I was like, oh, makes sense, because that's the kind of the most stripped down that you could do a song. And I mean, if a song is I don't know if it sucks or you can't play it like on an acoustic guitar, just sitting in a room or in like, you know, in a room with like, you know, another friend on another acoustic or something like that, another musician, then what hopes do you have of it really like adding things to it and making it bigger? Cause that's like the bones of the song, you know? Yeah, and 100%. when you put it in a context like that, I mean, you know, Love Hunter sounds like 
a bluesy song, but when they play it like that on acoustics and they're doing the slide and, you know, um, uh, Marsden is singing it. It's just like, like I said, it sounds like a legit, like old time blues song. You would never think it was a white snake song if you were just not a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. You just be like, Oh, who are these blues guys? (laughs) (laughs) The guys from white snake. Oh yeah. But yeah, really great stuff. Um, and then we've got, uh, uh, we've got Company of Snakes doing a song called, uh, which is, you know, an extension of this with Neil Murray. And this one has Neil Murray, Don Airy, Mickey Moody, Bernie Marsden. That's the that's what they later changed to M3, which was Moody Marsden Murray. And this is Moody Marsden Murray Airy um, and uh, Stefan Berggren on vocals and on uh, drums, John Lingwood. So here we go. This is a song called Back to the Blues, not the same Back to the Blues as um, as the Gary Moore Back to the Blues. But here we go. Where is the company snakes? Back to the Blues. The studio recording gets lets you hear what they were going for with this group. A very Coverdale-esque vocalist. Sounds like Sail Away from Deep Purple. Yep, totally. Is that picture with, is that Don Airy again? Yep. Well, those guys are buddies. But this wow, sounds look at like goatee. Look at that goatee on uh, on Moody. Yeah, Moody. Oof, it's a thick ass goatee, man. <laughs> looks like that guy from like Twisted Sister, who looks like he had like a fake. You ever see that? The guy that had like the mustache goatee thing. It almost looked like it was like not real. I don't know. Company of Snakes. I like that. I don't mind when like bands do that. If you have like the good, like, you know, you have a good bunch of musicians that were like the backing band for another band that kind of just went on and did its own thing. And they call itself like something related to like the original band. Yeah. The Company of Snakes. I just like the original Dio band did that with Last in Line. I just looked up, uh, I did a Google image search for Twisted Sister Goatee Guy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> did it come up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see what I mean? It almost looks like he, like, like colors it in. Every yeah, exactly. hair has to be perfect. Like, like eyeliner or whatever. Like when my mom would do my Dracula costume for Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, I, li- I like this because it... You know, I think you can make the argument that Whitesnake kind of became David Coverdale solo when, when he kind of got full control of the band in yeah. 87. Which, I mean, is, before then. is fine. Yeah, which is fine. But this kind of harkens back to, like, this is, if that band had continued on being a band, 
a little bit more what it sounded like. Kind of like when Living Loud did their, you know, they it was basically the the, the Diary of a Madman or lineup or the Blizzard yeah. of Oz lineup. Um, but they replaced Ozzy and Randy and had Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley. And, you know, you got to hear those same songs and some new songs by that group reimagined if they had if they had continued on and been an actual band rather than just an Ozzy solo project. But I mean, then you listen to a song like this and you're like, yeah, this is really good. But if you think about it realistically, would it have scaled the heights that later White Snake eventually did and probably became not. successful? No, probably not. But that doesn't mean it's not great music. It's one of those things where, you know, they lost a good amount of fans who were like, oh, we like the original bluesy White Snake or whatever, but they gained 10 times that amount of fans. Well, I mean, also, I mean, look at, look at like these guys too around this time. Like, I mean, Marsden was, you know, a little bit of a bigger guy. You know, Moody had the goatee, like, bandana thing going on. Like, they were not, image-wise, what they were looking for in the late 80s. Like, could you imagine those guys, like, all, you know, yeah. in, in White Snake 87, like, all with, you know, all the other guys next to him teased up and teased up hair and, like, you know, all that, all that stuff? Nah. Yeah, which is a shame and, that there was so much emphasis put on image. And you yeah, know. and I mean, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, they they weren't into it, and I mean, it's just like yeah, Don Airy never had like the <laughs> frizzed up hair or anything. Can you imagine? It would be, it would be great, but you know, there were, you look at some of those bands that were pretty popular in the seventies. Some of those guys were just straight up ugly, <laughs> just ugly <laughs> bands. It's true. I mean, you just look it's at some true. of these bands, and you're like, oh, this could not have in the video era. This would not have worked. Which is a shame because then you 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 put in, in a lot of ways put image over over audio and I mean that's kind yeah, of but that's the, what that's what sold music at the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean you can't. You know. I mean it's just like you're like hey this um hey this song by Foghat is great and then you go Google them and you're like ah <laughs> <laughs> you're like, never mind. <laughs> I remember I I never saw the the video for Black Betty by Ram Jam until. You know, like what five, ten years ago. Have yeah. you seen it? It's uh, not in a long time. You know, time. Black I, Betty I is a badass song. You know, and it's just, and then you see these guys and like, oh my god, <laughs> these guys are a bunch of dorks. <laughs> you know, like they just are. I mean, that's great because they, they just put, put together some really amazing, you know, seventies rock. You know, the video is just funny because it's like them and a backyard, like any back, like think of any friend you knew from. High school. Well, you went to a pretty good high school, so you probably knew friends that had a little more money than I did. But uh, <laughs> mm, you'd be surprised. But some of the some of those some of those friends' backyards, just like you know, a kind of shabby backyard, and these guys just oh, black Betty, a bam, a ram, and they just look like like dweebs, but they're just doing the most badass. Mm. It's it's very interesting to see that dichotomy because you just didn't see that in the video era and if the, if it was something like that they would get somebody else to replace you or whatever right. if you weren't right. like the absolute print they would either do a huge image makeover on you to just make you somehow be passable if you were that talented or if you were like whatever if you were just a bass player pff, you're out we're getting a pretty boy in to replace you uh we don't need uh you know 
you know, we don't need a Jaco Pistorius level bass player on this rock band. We'll get whoever mm-hmm. we'll get whoever we can that can just barely play bass and looks better than you. So, um, but anyway, that was uh, that was the company of snakes, and not, not saying that they were even in that ballpark. Uh, no, no, we're not but, saying that. We know, just went down that road. Yeah, but but yeah, like if you consider how these guys would have looked, and and I think the thing that would have struck against them, and probably did. Uh, work that way with um, the White Snake lineup is there wasn't really that unified look. They're all kind of doing the, you know, Mickey Moody had his hat and his like boots and Bernie Marsden was wearing whatever, like a sports jersey and Coverdale was doing his thing. And then you had, you know, everyone had these, was doing their own look. And I think they were looking for bands to be a little more cohesive. Right, right. I mean, that's why when they, you know, they were, you know, had off, um, fashion designers, they would actually design their outfits in the 80s. So mm-hmm. everybody from all these bands would look like they are in the same band. I mean, it was, you know, everybody, you know, down the line, a lot of them even used like the same designers, you know, which is like why a lot of these clothes were like very, uh, uh, looked very similar, very glitzy, very, mm-hmm. uh, very, hmm, you know, yikes. Well, it was like that, uh, that, um, that Seinfeld bit. Where he talks about like I forgot how he gets there, but he's talking about you know in the future, everyone you know I, I, at what point in the future does everyone decide that they're all going to wear the same thing? You know, like you know, yeah. the, you know, hey, we might get some encounters from aliens sometime soon, so let's all decide on a uniform. We're going to wear the silver suit with the big V in the front. You know, <laughs> aliens might be visiting us. We want to look like we're a team. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's one of those kind of things. And when you look, when you think about those like movies like that, all the folks in the future wearing the same thing. Some, some of the bands looked like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we only got a couple more left, but uh, um, uh, this last one is, I believe I might be wrong on this one, but either way it's touching, but it's, it might be the last time that Bernie Marsden shared a stage with uh, Coverdale when he, uh, joined him at a white snake show and here oh. we go wow so doug aldrich giving him a big slap on the back <laughs> i love it <laughs> This was uh, MCR Arena, Manchester, UK, May 23rd, 2013. That's cool, because he actually did a similar thing with uh, Steve Vai in the last year. Mm-hmm. It's cool because I know they had their differences over the years, but it's cool that they could remain at this level because it's something you would never see as Richie Blackmore just coming on stage for one song. It's just oh, not yeah. going to happen. And I mean, these guys aren't this, like the same level, you know, of uh, success or notoriety, but but it is cool to see for us big fans of White Snake.
Reb Beach, I think, is on stage. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I hadn't seen him <laughs> until just now. And they have the old school White Stink logo up there, which is cool. Yeah, I love that. cool seeing like modern white snake with a this style guitar solo yeah It's great. He uh, comes on stage. He's wearing a suit, <laughs> you know. He all he's got yeah. Doug Aldrich with the, the leather vest all open, showing his chest. His blonde locks. His blonde locks and Bernie Mars and looks. Like <laughs> he just <laughs> like comes on like an like an elder statesman of like the blues. Yeah. Like his blazer. Yeah, exactly. He's got the blazer. He's not wearing a button-up shirt underneath, but he's still like. I mean, even Coverdale looks a little more loosey-goosey than me. He's wearing, like, all, like, you know, tattered jeans and, like, his his oversized white snake button-up. Yep. But, yeah, hey, Bur- you know, the man can play. It's like Bernie and Mike and um, Michael Devon are the only two that are covering up their chests. There he goes with the microphone stand. Oh, Coverdale. <laughs> he just receives so much joy. So then they go into yeah. an extended here I go again at the end. But a very, uh, very fun performance there. Yeah, that was that was cool. I'd never seen that. Um, yeah, it was really cool stuff. I think Jorg uh, sent me that one. But um, I was hoping that he'd get the solo because sometimes they have these, you know, guest guitar players come on and they just, you know, sit, stand in the background and play like a rhythm. <laughs> you wonder if they're even plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even if they are, it's just like, you know, I, I didn't. You know, I didn't wait my whole life to see these guys reunite for him to just strum some chords in the background, play a goddamn solo. Yeah, so. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, some really good stuff. So there's one more track, but I think that might be something to to end it with. Um, and uh, so before we do that, uh, um, we got our foundation level patrons, of course, to thank. And uh, coming in at... Give me a second here. Coming in at the three pound and 50 cent deep purple New York tier. Deep purple New York. We have Lord Longford. 
At the three-pound aromatic feed tier, Simon Ford. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, we have Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Stuart McCord, Ivan Fjeldboo, Runar Siemensen, JJ Stenard, Ruinous Inadequacies, John Maselli. You know anything about bisexuals? And Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette. At the $1.71 I Want My Own Tier tier, we have Rich Young At the 10 Kroner tier, we have Karsten Lau. At the Fool for Your Dying tier, we have Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Kohler, and Zwapper the Electric Alchemist. Thank you very much to all of you for your generous support at the Deep Purple Podcast. You can become a patron too. Go to deeppurplepodcast.com if you want to see how to sign up or just search for us on Patreon. And um, yeah, uh, before I got one thing to play us out. It's something we've played on the show before um, mm-hmm. to celebrate another lost legend. And I thought it would be probably the ideal way to close out this episode with the same exact song and performance given uh, who he's performing with in that particular video. But any closing thoughts or remarks before we uh, put a pin in this one? Put a pin in it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was great to remember uh, Bernie. Um, like I said, kind of an unsung hero. Great to see, um, you know, a little, a little glimpse, a little perspective of uh, his, his career. Uh, beyond white snake and um yeah just all the words that everybody uh spoke about him and uh just seeing like what a great singer and player is even in the few clips that we you know show just kind of you know i hope that reminds everybody what a great uh person and player he was and uh we should go check out more of his music absolutely and uh speaking of which a few to round it out um uh phil campbell Writing says, just heard the sad news that dear Bernie Marsden passed away. What a lovely man he was, and his contribution to rock music was immense. R.I.P. Bernie. Reb Beach. R.I.P. Bernie Marsden. He was a really good guy and a great guitarist. He would come and jam with us when we were in town. He always showed up early because he loved hanging with the band. Um, This is Rick Wakeman replying on the... Uh, original post, a, a gentle and great guy and a great musician. He's left me and so many others with fantastic music and memories. Sincere condolences to you all. And then uh, Vernon Reed uh, writing, very saddened to hear of the passing of Bernie Marsden, a fantastic blues rock player of extraordinary taste, feel, and wily good humor. A player's player. The world of electric guitars lost a gentleman and scholar of the first rank. Mm. And then Living Color Account rep- and quote, t- tweeted that and showing a picture of um, 
of Bernie playing with Living Color. There's Vernon Reed nice. beside him. It says, rest in peace, Bernie Marsden. Speaking of the Deep Purple con- <laughs> New York connection. Yeah. Um, and there's a, just a picture of uh, one of the later pictures of Bernie. So, yep, it's a sad, sad thing. But yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, just a just an all around great player. Not a, you know, didn't didn't ever seem to have this big big ego about him, and uh, influenced so so many people. Mm. And uh, yeah, just sad, sad to to see him have gone. But uh, I think any of us could be lucky and thankful if we could have contributed even one iota of the amount of amazing culture and music that he's contributed to the to the world um so much of so so much of what he did and wrote it influenced so many and uh even if you didn't know the name you know there's not a walking soul that doesn't know here i go again (laughs) which is uh right which is what we're gonna close it out with and this is from the endangered species performance um this is bernie marsden um Abbey Road with John Lord. Um, we watched this at one of the John Lord, like I said, at one of the John Lord uh, tribute episodes that we did. This is them performing together. Um, here we go. We're going to do a song that uh, uh, has been very good to me, and uh, we played it the other day, just the two of us at John's house, and uh, that's how we're going to do it tonight. So I uh, hope you like it. Uh, I think you'll know it when we do it. John's going to introduce it for you. I'm sure some people in the audience knew what was coming, but John Lord's kind of, you can tell he's kind of filling time because he keeps looking over to see if Bernie's ready, if he's got his guitar ready. I love how he keeps looking. (laughs) Bernie's uh, tuning up the acoustic here. (laughs) The audience starts singing before him. They're already singing it. (laughs) Beat me to it. Here we go. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. I'm hanging on the promises and songs of yesterday, and I made up my mind. I am wasting no more time And though I keep searching for an answer I never seem to find what I'm looking for Lord, I 
carry on Cause I know how it feels To walk along the lonely street of dreams Come on He kind of sings that like harmony part. Down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. And I made up my. But he does go with the drifter line. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't hearken back to the hobo line. <laughs> the time of the hobos. I mean, I think we're all glad. He's probably like, I told Coverdale not to do the hobo line. <laughs> but he didn't listen until told Geffen him. told him. Here I go again. Here I go again. Though I'm so searching for an answer. Never seem to find what I'm looking for. Babe, I pray you give me strength to carry on. Cause I know how it feels to walk along the lonely street of dreams. And here I amazing like the last time we did this on a show a few years ago it's like we were just paying tribute to John and now it's John and Bernie and every time I see this it's like such a great heartfelt version yeah. of the song yeah I like how he sings it I am wasting no more time sing the chorus here I go again on my this is a small show. Like, I know I think Doug Macbeth was on the, at the show. He said it was only like 300 people or so that were there. Quite a few episodes in, in this performance, too, because you've got so many greats were at this. And it was really kind of centered around Tony Ashton, but you got these great little parts like this that come out of it. Wasting my whole life Here I go again What can I do? Here I go again Here I go Really good. <laughs> Thank you. Look at that. It's like a friggin' like school gym of like people. Yeah, just a just a few few Not people. Imagine that. Imagine being there. Oh, well with that folks, we will uh see you next week. And uh be ready to who knows what we're diving into because we've kind of 
put a little bit of a of a monkey wrench into our schedule, but we'll figure it out. We'll be back with you next week for another topic and uh, uh, go spin some Bernie Marsden. Whether it's who knows, maybe it's Cozy Powell's hammer, maybe it's some of Bernie Marsden's solo stuff. Talk to Jonathan Hedlund a while back ago. We want to have him on for uh, Bernie solo album. Uh, he's got some really really great solo albums um but lots of material to cover so thanks for joining us celebrate bernie get him some listens on spotify or better yet buy his actual albums yes add them to your collection so we'll see you next week folks okay thank you for listening to the deep purple podcast if you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. You know, I'm just like, hey, if you're in the mood for something sweet and you want to take care of that nasty inflammation, ginger turmeric cookies. In Rocky Three, my character's name was Club Elaine. I wanted it to be cutesy like sunshine. The producer said no. That made me sad. Secrets.